Yo, what is up, everybody? Welcome back. This is Taco Tuesday. I'm Alex Padilla at Alex Padilla 86. Alex Regla is not here today, but joining Taco Tuesday from Can You Dig It and SilverScreenRoll.com. Christian Rivas is filling in for Alex. Christian, how you doing tonight, man? Great. I think this is actually uh, my debut on this show. And it's, it's funny because when you came up with the name for this show, I was mad. Okay. Because it's a great show name. But it is also one that I had in my head for a year prior to for a different podcast. Then obviously the LeBron Taco Tuesday stuff yeah. happened. It's just it's such a great show name. And I wish <laughs> it was my show name, but uh I like recording on Sundays and I like I like our show name. So I, I I'm not doing this just because you said that about our show name. I literally when we were going through show names. I was like, can you dig it? You know, we were going through all of us. Can you dig it at the top? Like that's one of the most <laughs> legendary lines of Laker aura that you've ever heard. Right. So um, I appreciate you saying that. I don't even know where it came from. Um, I, I don't know if I'm taking credit for it, if Regla's taking credit for it, but it is a good one. And I love the logo. Like if you really like zoom in on the logo, you see the tacos in the background. Uh, so whoever, I don't remember who did those, but th- those are awesome. And uh, thank you. But yeah, Taco Tuesday. Thank you to LeBron James for enjoying his not so pleasing looking tacos. This is just, <laughs> this is just someone that lives in San Diego, so like I, you know, I I don't know where you're at. Where are you at? Uh, I I grew up in the Inland Empire, okay. uh, so my experience with tacos is similar. And obviously, I'm in LA a bunch, so yeah. Yes, I know a good taco when I see it. And man, <laughs> LeBron James and Jason Tatum to to lead us into the Lakers Celtics debate um yeah both guys that are i guess uh just need help yes get, get those men th- those men help <laughs> yes but yeah i mean we can't help them with basketball we could definitely help them with the taco stuff but you're right man so tonight the lakers uh just transition the lakers did take on the celtics and i'm just gonna say it off the bat the best game they've played all year i mean they beat the celtics tonight 117 102 and that second and third quarter I don't know what team I was watching, but it definitely wasn't the 2021-2022 Lakers because that was a different team than we've seen all year. Just your initial thoughts on what you saw tonight from the third double-digit victory on the season for the Lakers. Yeah, I I am totally in agreement with you when it comes to like who are these guys, especially in that third quarter. Um, I think when we've seen the Lakers takeover games it's been a product of somebody getting hot and that was certainly the case with LeBron James in the first half and you know had it not been for him carrying the Lakers in the first half I don't know if they would have won as comfortably as they did but the second half the way they took over on defense is something they haven't done probably since last season like everybody was engaged on defense. Russell Westbrook looked awesome on defense yeah. and it was a joy to watch. Um, you know, for all the talk about this team needing more offense and uh, you know, Frank Vogel not being the right coach for this team. I really do think that third quarter is a prime example of both parties meeting in the middle. Uh, specifically when it comes to Frank Vogel's defensive scheme and just buying in on defense if you're playing defense, you're unlocking Russell Westbrook. And if you're unlocking Russell Westbrook, good things typically happen. Not always, not always, but 
typically uh, Russ will will do some things for you. Yeah, when you look at the the stats in the box score, you know the Lakers. They, it says they only had seventeen fast break points, but it just felt like so much more. You know, like the trans on transition, it just felt like they weren't stuck on a half court offense, settling for bad jump shots or forcing Russ into taking threes, which we've seen. Or Anthony Davis wasn't taking threes tonight. It just was pleasing to the eye. And when you look at the numbers, I don't feel like they match up with what it felt like. I felt like they played really good defense. They forced the Celtics into taking bad shots and they just ran and moved and it looked so pretty and none other than, I mean, the best play when they, when they took it from the Celtics and Malik Monk did that windmill dunk. I mean, where'd that even come from? Um, So for me, I think, yeah, the defense, the fact that everybody really bought in, I think the timing of it all is super interesting. We can get into all the Vogel talk and, and Charles Barkley on NBA and TNT tonight. Like we can do all that, but um, just like, I've said it on this show all year long. Like it just hasn't been enjoyable to be a Laker fan this season. And today it was, and today it reminds you why you are a Lakers fan. You know, I disagree. I've had so much fun this season. (laughs) Uh, Whenever I log on to Twitter, it's like, uh, I don't get it. I mean, I do get it. I, at one point was a very emotional fan and reacted to every game, but when you've been covering a team for as long as I have, I've been covering the Lakers since 2014 mm-hmm. to going on eight years. Good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> but uh, you just, you enjoy the little things with this team. And the little thing for me is Russell Westbrook is the coolest player on the planet. Uh, and I very like, even on his, his off nights, if he gets one good layup at the rim, I'm back in. And uh, so I, I thought you don't overreact to things. Yeah. <laughs> I am. Uh, I'm all the way in yeah. the, the player that does. I think my opinion changes on him from game to game more than anybody. And Can I, I guess, like, yes, absolutely. THT. See, oh yes. 100%. Yes. I yeah. think for a lot of players or for a lot of, fans i think it's russell westbrook for me it's salem horton tucker uh the first half i thought he looked awkward with the starters i think the starting lineup in general was awkward let's talk about that yeah because it's like a double edged double-edged sword anthony davis starts at center but the players that start on the perimeter avery bradley and Taylor horton tucker Taylor, i get the logic he's really the only wing you have on the team right now mm-hmm Avery Bradley, man, what is going on, Frank? Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to give you the benefit of the doubt here, but boy, I feel like Frank is just giving a like he's not going to give it everything we want. He, he's given us a little. He's taken DJ out. He hadn't played the last two games. I think fans were calling for that, so he gave us that. But as soon as Bradley was back and healthy, he put that dude right back in. He's our. <laughs> He's our, uh, like, remember before we were introduced to playoff Rondo, we had regular season Rondo and nobody wanted him to play, but Frank just kept playing him over and over and over. That's Avery Bradley this year so far. 100%. And I honestly, oh God, I don't know why I do this to myself and I ask myself these questions, but who would I rather have at this point, Rondo or Avery? I think it's still Avery by a considerable margin, Mm -hmm. but every time I watch him play, that margin gets... A little smaller. Yeah. And you know, it's not like he, it's not like he's, 
you know, at least when DeAndre Jordan started, he maybe only got like 16 minutes anyways. Mm-hmm. You know, Bradley's he's nine, playing. He's playing 24 <laughs> minutes tonight. It's, yeah, very, it's, uh, it's a little less noticeable on nights like tonight, though. I think it's a lot less noticeable on nights like tonight because everybody's kind of filled in gaps for for the, the weaknesses. Because, I mean, really, you, you know, we talk about the starting lineup and you figure tonight with a Horford and Williams, they're probably go big, right? Like tonight might be the night they start Dwight Howard and and AD and and they didn't. And AD was getting dunked on the entire first half. Yeah, that was wild. Anthony Davis was awful in the first half. I'm sorry. Uh, no. I, I thought, you know, he was fine defensively, but offensively and, and even like, I, I think the numbers were kind to him on defense um, from watching the game. I don't, I don't think he was good at all. But the second half, good Lord. Yeah. I don't know what happened. Uh I don't know if Russ and LeBron pulled him to the side and were like, hey, we're ready when you are. And uh, it's just so LeBron LeBron and Russell Westbrook have obviously had great careers and are great players. Um, But from the moment this season started and to go, if if we want to talk about the Charles Barkley thing, we'll do it now. Get it out of the way. Sure. Uh, the Charles Barkley rant, him talking about Anthony Davis needing to be the guy for the Lakers if they're going to go far this season. That is absolutely right. And we saw in the third quarter why that's the case. Mm-hmm. If Anthony Davis is setting the tone in the defensive end and also getting his on offense, you have a very good team because mm-hmm. nobody else, LeBron, maybe when the postseason comes around, is that player. But Russell Westbrook is not that player. Russell Westbrook isn't going to set the tone on both ends of the floor. Right. And at least not on his own. In the third quarter, I think Anthony Davis got the team going, uh, got Russell Westbrook going, and they seemed like they were all on the same page. It starts with Anthony Davis, and I'm really, really, really glad he stepped up in the third quarter. Yeah, and I think that if you listen to what Charles Barkley said, people might take it you know, a certain way. But I, I'm with you and I'm with Charles. I think he's at, he's 100% on point. I think if if Anthony Davis is not playing at a, at least a top 10 player in the NBA level, I mean, they're not winning a championship. I know that's not the concern right now for Lakers fans because you're only 13 and 12. But like really, in reality, whatever seed you are in the playoffs, if Anthony Davis is not playing at that elite level, I don't know how far you're going to go, especially when you got teams like the Warriors and the Suns who you don't match up with anyways, even if AD plays as a top 10 uh, top five player. Um, so I, I don't know how fans took it. I haven't really seen too much negative reaction, which is probably a good thing. I think people tend to agree, but I think Chuck has kind of picked on AD kind of recently calling him street clothes and all that other stuff last season. But to me, it, it was spot on. And I think that's, I think LeBron and Russ need to get that in his head because AD is not there every single night. He is not there yet. You know, he doesn't have that killer instinct every single night Mm -hmm. and he needs to learn to get it. And I think he's got two guys, one Russ and Russell Westbrook, who just goes a hundred every single game, no matter what. And LeBron, who's been there, seen everything, done everything, won everything. I think those two guys need to build it in his head that you just got to go every night. You got to be the most dominant version of yourself, whatever that is every single night. Yeah. And to be clear, I, I think Charles Barkley's 
point about Anthony Davis is fair uh, to a certain extent. I don't think Anthony Davis is the reason the Lakers are struggling, which I think was his overarching point. Like his thing was, it's not Frank Vogel's fault. It's not the front office's fault. It's nobody's fault, but Anthony Davis and the effort he's put in, which I disagree with. However, I do think if anybody's going to put a bandaid over this quickly, it's going to be Anthony Davis because there's not one trade the Lakers can make with the assets they have that is going to solve the problems. Frying Frank Vogel isn't going to fire uh, salt, solve anything. Anthony Davis playing at a hundred percent on both ends of the floor fixes a lot of problems for the Lakers in a way that again, LeBron James, Russell Westbrook, fantastic players when they're giving it their all. Nobody changes the dynamic of that team like Anthony Davis and Let's hope that... Yeah, did you see that? Were you watching TNT or were you watching local or Lakers special? No, I was, I was watching uh, TNT. Did you see halftime where like even Shaq was like, you imagine, what would my uncle tell me if I scored seven points in the first <laughs> half? <laughs> yeah, it's uh, those guys, man. They're either... They either got me busting up laughing or changing the channel to Spectrum, which if there's any, if there's any game to tune into Spectrum for at least the post-game show. It's Lakers Celtics for big game James Yeah, and his cigar. <laughs> I think it took, um, I don't know, four seconds to light that cigar in the post-game and started playing some smooth <laughs> jazz too today. Yeah, it was, a, it was a good scene. I watch Spectrum all the time just because, I don't know, I, I whatever. It's just what I watch. So uh, that was good to see. But, man, I just like, I don't want to like lose the point because and I'm not going to get carried away because it is just one game. And, and, and I know that some people like you said, like react like a roller coaster every single game. But I don't want to lose the point that tonight was like the best game that they've played all year. The result was there. The score, a little swayed there at the end because the, the cleanup crew wasn't doing a good job cleaning up where they even they had to call a timeout with 60 seconds left because they, <laughs> they cut the lead to 10. Uh, I thought the Celtics threw in the towel super early today. And at least on Spectrum, Billy Mack or Stu Lance just kept saying like, well, they do play tomorrow against the Clippers, so I guess they should just take them out now and worry about tomorrow's game. And they literally did with like five and a half minutes left. They're just like, all right, we're done here. And then their 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 bench came in and did a better job. But I just thought overall tonight, I'm just going to enjoy the win. I want to be a little James Worthy myself. I want to be a little happy tonight myself. I don't want to get too critical. Yeah, it, it's like the Celtics aren't a good team this season, but the Lakers haven't been either. Yeah, like the Lakers lost to the Thunder twice they'll see him again on friday friday i think that should be a fun one (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah they take on memphis and thunder back to back thursday and friday memphis first and the thunder on friday uh this was also like speaking of the schedule like this was nice to not play every other night for the past week you know they only played twice in the last eight days they beat the kings they lost to the clippers on friday and that's it like that was actually the longest break they've had, I think, since the first week of the season, they've literally been playing every other night up until this week, which maybe was a reason yeah. as to why they did well today. These old dudes say, needed a break. Le- give LeBron three nights off every week. On the Spectrum broadcast, they did. Uh, Mike Trudell spoke with uh, LeBron, and they asked him, like, you know, how are you feeling? Where are you at? How's your body? And LeBron goes. I'm almost feeling decent. <laughs> so, you know, that was a good sign. Then if that's almost feeling decent, that first half, you look great. Yeah. I would like to almost feel decent 
I know you would like to almost feel decent. You just got, yeah. you just got boosted. I got boosted today. I don't feel awful. I mean, I'll throw Alex under the bus. I'm sure he won't. He, he, he is not here because he feels awful because he got boosted. So um, I feel almost decent. That's a good way of putting it, how I feel. <laughs> almost decent. That's good. Yeah. Happy yeah. to hear it. Yeah, man. Um, so as far as going forward, you know, tonight's game, obviously we've talked about the good, tiny bit of bad here and there. Obviously no memes coming from tonight from the Boston channel with Dennis Schroeder. That's good. That's nice. We all remember what happened last time they played each other with the, uh, the graphic on TV. Um, going forward though, what do you want to see them besides almost everything? What do you want to see them take going forward and implementing against the Grizzlies on Thursday? You know, it's interesting. Uh, during the 2019-20 season, there was like this unspoken rule that LeBron James was going to dominate the first half and then Anthony Davis was going to take over the second half. Um, I don't know if that's sustainable. Mm-hmm. Again, there are going to be better teams than the Celtics, and I think the Grizzlies are one of them. Five-game winning streak without John Morant. Yeah. Really, really impressive stuff. Yeah. Um, but if... You know, they can follow the blueprint of LeBron James when he has his legs under him, just putting up as many points as he can and really maximizing the time he's on the court, too. I think that's the most important thing is putting, you know, lineups with a ton of space around him. I thought Wayne Ellington in the first half uh, did a really good job of justifying minutes next to LeBron, uh, not Mm -hmm. just offensively, but defensively. I think he's been passable on that end, and I'd like to see him. If we're assuming the first half is LeBron time, I'd like to see Wayne Ellington get some some minutes in the first half. And in the second half, it, it's no longer just Anthony Davis takeover time. I think you can really capitalize on the Russell Westbrook-Anthony Davis connection. And again, that is an overgeneralization of what went right for the Lakers on Tuesday. Um, but I do think it is a recipe for success that they can follow going forward. And I think it makes some sense to given LeBron James legs and just generally how long it takes Anthony Davis to get into a rhythm. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I don't know specifically what it was, whether it was just more effort or energy, but you know, the, that Lakers defense in the second and third quarter where they only allowed 22 and 20 points, um, I don't know what they did. I don't know if you saw something specifically that you, that you can point to, but more of that, more of that would be lovely. You know, that's that the, the transition to fast break to easy buckets to not forcing pull up jumpers and a half court offense. I loved all of that. Um, I would love to see some improvement from THG a little bit though. I mean, I know I'm with you on the roller. Like, do you feel that? Be- do you feel that way about THG? Because it's basically, they chose THG over Caruso that you judge him on a different scale? No, I did at first. Like, immediately, my my immediate reaction in free agency is, why are you comfortable giving Taylor Horton Tucker $9 million but not Alex Caruso? Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't hold that against him. My main thing with Taylor Horton Tucker is, he's good, but is he a fit for this roster? And on most nights, I think that answer is no. If the Lakers had better defenders, like it, 
if Kent Bazemore was playable, <laughs> like he has been in the past two seasons, I don't know if Taylor Horton Tucker would be as valuable to the Lakers as he is. Cause I think a large part of his value is his wing defense. Um, but it's weird. Cause he's a guard. He's, he is like an undersized slasher that also defends the perimeter, which is a very weird player to have on your roster, but especially on a, on a roster with LeBron James. So, uh, I mean, my opinion on him, like I said, changes every game. I ultimately don't think he is, you know, a, a building block for this core. If the right deal came around in the, at the trade deadline for a better piece uh, or a better fit on a comparable contract, comparable age, I would do that deal in a heartbeat. But until that comes along, I think he'll be valuable enough uh, to stay on the court especially on defense. And do you um, want to trade him for anybody in, in Indi- Indiana since they're going to have a fire sale? <laughs> uh, God, I know Frank Vogel has to be salivating at the mouth that Miles Turner and DeMontis Bonus are available. Two centers that he can play with Anthony Davis. Yeah. Uh, but jokes aside, I would love Justin Holiday and TJ Warren. Like, if Talon Horton Tucker, Kendrick Nunn, and DeAndre Jordan, like that's the framework of the deal for TJ Warren and yeah. uh, Justin Holiday. You'd probably have to throw a first. I'd do that deal in a heartbeat. Like, even if I'm not certain TJ Warren is going to play a ton of the regular season, I think it's worth it. Yeah, I know this THG conversation can take us in many different directions, <laughs> but I, 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 I am not against trading THG because this roster is meant to win this year and anything you can do to win this year, I would do because Rob Polink is just going to get a whole new roster in here next summer. That's what he does. I mean, it's LeBron, it's AD and Russ, and then a whole new batch of dudes coming in next summer. So to me, I think when you have LeBron James, who's going to be 37, I think later this month, you just got to do what you got to do to win this season. And yeah. I, because when these got when LeBron goes and 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 every everybody else goes and you and you got AD and THT on your team is that a a building block for a championship roster most likely not so i think i'm i'm with you man i think the idea of trading him for pieces that fit better for this season i'm open to i wonder uh, the whole time we've been having this conversation i'm just wonder what other alex thinks about this mm. We li- listen, me and Alex, we definitely watch the games very differently. Um, we don't like argue on the show like we're Skip Bayless and Stephen A. Smith, but we don't agree on a lot of things. Um, because he's so analytical. And I and I was listening to you and Jacob's podcast from I believe yesterday or Sunday, and you guys kind of break it down by like numbers too. So I was like, how is he gonna like see tonight? You know, is he and, and it just I felt like we agreed on a lot of things today. And the THT thing, I don't think Alex would be go, going for that. I really don't. Alex appreciates the nuances of the game uh, a lot more than I do. And that's really just because he understands basketball yeah. much more than I do. Like, I remember we were in Vegas for Summer League a few years ago. 
and I was just starting my basketball writing career and he was contributing at silver screen and roll. And we were talking, I was like, Oh no, I am. You should be doing what I'm doing. <laughs> <laughs> well, dude, that's why I just say it. That's why I just say it on the podcast. Like, listen, dude, you know more about this than me. I'm just watching it as a blockhead fan. Like I'm just a reactionary Twitter person that they happen to give a microphone to for this place. So, <laughs> like, uh, I feel like I'm always like counting my days until I say something ridiculously dumb on this podcast where like Anthony's going to call me like, dude, what are you talking about? It hasn't happened yet, but I don't think it's out of the question, but you're hey, right, man. As long as, as long as, uh, you guys don't get into any Dodgers Padres talk on, on this pod, I'm we sure save it, it towards the end, you know? Yeah. I'm sure it's all great um, until that comes up. Thankfully. Yeah. doesn't seem like, uh, much of a rivalry no, as much no, as it is, you know, rivalry there. listen, we sweep, we sweep the Dodgers in, in April and may when it doesn't matter so <laughs> well christian this has been fun man i genuinely appreciate you filling in at rad Rivas on twitter I'm sure most of you already follow him but if you don't at rad Rivas, i'm alex padilla 86 on twitter there myself uh christian thank you dude for doing this uh and we always finish our podcast with predicting until next time we come on so let's just do that man i mean since you're here you might as well they play the memphis grizzlies they play the thunder and they play the magic those are their next three games at Memphis, at, at Oklahoma. Those are back-to-back Thursday and Friday, and they play Sunday at Staples against the Magic. What do you think their record's going to be by the time this particular podcast gets back on air? Three and a, oh, wait, you said you said they have a game three against games. Mavericks? No, 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 Magic, excuse me. Uh, okay, okay. Um, yeah, three and oh, baby. It has to be three and oh, man, after tonight and that schedule. And you know what? Even if it's one and two, they better beat the freaking Thunder, okay? Oh, man. I, <laughs> I talked to Jacob on Sunday. I will not be on Twitter if uh, the Lakers lose to the Thunder again. I don't you. Oh, no, you got to do Sunday, right? Yeah, yeah. But nobody podcasts on, on Fridays. Yeah. So it'll be Jacob and I recapping friday's game and sunday's game if they lose both those games oh, buddy man. we might not even record oh man dude i uh good luck dude i hope that doesn't <laughs> happen <laughs> actually it'd be pretty funny if it does happen but no seriously look, they have to beat the thunder they have to i mean they have to i and think they, they don't to. and if they don't they don't but whatever all right man christian thank you so much dude and listen everybody uh subscribe to this podcast network spotify apple everywhere there's a podcast you guys can check it out right there silverscreenroll.com for all your laker news christian thanks dude